start a new series um, today on ambition. The next uh, five weeks, we'll be talking about this word ambition. Now, what I want you to do um, is, is go ahead, get out a sheet of paper. Um, it could be your bulletin, you know, you got a place for sermon notes there. And what I want you to, to do, and there's no test, you're not going to have to turn this in. This is just to be sure you're um, uh, engaged with me here and thinking about this uh, word ambition. Uh, but as you consider um, ambition, um, write ambition at the top. And then on the left, write good, and then draw a line, and draw and write bad. Okay, so it says good on one side, then draw a line, you put bad. And when you hear the word ambition, what's your gut response? You know, if you had to put an X, but somewhere on this continuum from good to bad... How do you consider this word ambition? Now see, write good, draw a line, write bad, and then somewhere when you hear the word ambition, you you put an X somewhere on that line, maybe all the way on good or all the way on bad or somewhere in between. That's uh, what we're going to be exploring here in the next, uh, next several weeks. Just... What is ambition and how do we grapple with it? Is it good? Is it bad? And what are our ambitions? Our passage that we'll look at uh, this uh, morning is uh, Matthew 13, verses 44 through 46. It's found on page 795 in your pew Bible. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, thank you again for your written word. And we ask in this moment that your spirit would speak to us. That you would give us your truth, your righteousness, your kingdom. And how it applies in each of our lives and in our lives together. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, starting with verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, I want you to to take this idea of ambition and take it to lunch with you today. You know, as you're, you're... gathering with others or start a Facebook discussion on ambition. If you got a blog, bring it up. Consider it all week. Just digest it for the week. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way, you know, and write a letter and put it with an envelope on it and uh, 
send it to another of your ideas of what ambition are. Live with them this week. You know, check it out in, in your own life and, and in the lives of others. If you're like me, old-fashioned, and you get the newspaper still in the morning, you know, the paper that comes to you, delivered to your door, just check out the front pages and see. You know, where do you see ambition? Or do you see it good? Where do you see it bad? Just in your own encounter with it. Yeah, it's been interesting for me as I've been preparing this series and, and meeting with the worship planning team as we, we gather. And so we were talking about this months ago as we were preparing for this. And we had a hard time with this word, ambition. For some there, it was, it was a negative connotation from the beginning. And others sort of liked it. And then when I knew it was engendering such discussion, then I'm like, okay, this is the word we want to use. I want the word that's going to sort of make it go, hmm, what do we mean by that? What does he mean by that? Ambition can have a, a negative connotation. You know, it can be when we pursue goals with a, a reckless abandon, climbing a ladder, to success, and if you're on, if somebody's on the ladder and they're not climbing fast enough, then you knock them off or just climb over them in order to get to the goal. That proverbial bull in a china shop to attain your dream or, or passion. But on the other hand, we begin to talk, but we also use it with a very positive connotation. Uh, in a negative situation, though, for, for those who are maybe lazy or in the old seven deadly sins, slothful. Or used to say those that are couch potatoes. Or today, even those that want to make chilling a way of life. We say they have no ambition. They have no drive. They're going nowhere. So as I, I consider this word ambition, what I want to say is that everybody has ambition. Everybody has some goals. They have some drive because I believe God has placed that need within them. A need to, to be driven for something. Even, it's, even if it's just to chill. Even if it's just to be a couch potato with remote in hand. Because that's the ambition. And, and ambition always leads to action. And you'll take every action you can in order to be able to chill. It, it never fails. Whenever a major hurricane hits the United States, there's always a few stories of people who have a great ambition to do nothing. Ran across one, um, Rick Rehm. He's on the Massachusetts coast. Lives in the uh, Village Green campground. Yeah, on the coast, Massachusetts, in a campground. And there is a hurricane coming his way. But his ambition is to stay in his Winnebago. In a campground with 100 mile an hour winds barreling down on him. Now, you could say, well, the guy just doesn't know any better. He's never been through it. But that's not true. The same campground was hit by a tornado 
the beginning of June, in which his girlfriend of 11 years was killed. You tell me he has no ambition? He has a great drive to stay exactly where he is, and he refuses to move even in the face of a hurricane. So I, I, I want to say that everybody has ambition. And, and they work really hard to achieve their ambition. Whether it's to s- climb the ladder to the top as fast as they can or to avoid the ladder at all cost. Both are an ambition that leads to some kind of effort and work. Now, there, there are a lot of other goals and ambitions and you might be considering in your own mind, you know, what are your ambitions or even ambitions throughout your life that you can recount and, and remember? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of classic, you know, people uh, living for, for money, um, living for, for uh, uh, success, for, for cars. Uh, I was in the office of a, um, a colleague recently who has an ambition for sports cars. And, and he's got Maseratis and Ferraris and Porsches. It's just they're one-eighteenth of a scale. And they fit on his bookshelves. And his office is filled with them. So he's got an ambition, but at least with a good sense to him. Yeah, it could be grades are your ambition. Music. Their ambition, and you, you give yourself to it. Sports. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I was in high school, I worked at a summer camp, and it was away in the summer, but I had to be in shape when football started. Uh, and this was in Alabama in the summer, and so the only time that we had free was one o'clock in the afternoon. That was our rest period, and so every other day in the the good old I call them ninety five ninety five days, ninety five degrees, ninety five percent humidity. I'd go run two miles because when I got to football, which was my my ambition to play football in high school, I had to be in shape. You know, work, business, to make the business pursue, to, to do your work well, might be your ambition and you give yourself to it. Family, your children, your marriage. Some of you have an ambition for a marriage because we've been celebrating a slew of 50-plus wedding anniversaries these last several weeks. And there's no way that would just be happening because, well, it just sort of happened. For each of you, it had to be your ambition and a goal. I, I, I remember the uh, ambition in uh, high school for a date and a girlfriend. And, and I remember this particular girl that I was interested in. I mean, I just found out my ambition was for her. And I found out everything I could about her. You know, what clothes does she like for boys to wear? Well, I went and bought them and borrowed them and wore them. Ah, what, what music did, did she like? You know, and I went, you know, Billy Joel was a favorite. Okay, well, I learned Piano Man. And I could sing it. So when it came on the radio, I could sing it and really look cool. I mean, she was my ambition. And and I told you before, I think, one of her favorite movies at that time was Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. It's been a few years. But I bought the soundtrack. I learned every song on it so that when we went to the movie, I knew every word of the song and could sing it and really look cool. That was my ambition. And by God's grace, that ambition is fulfilled because I'm married to her today. 
We have ambitions that move us, that cause us to act. Ambition is that instinctual movement within us, that motivation to aspire us, to to act for certain goals, to, to make something happen, to accomplish something in our lives. John Stott, who's a great theologian who um, actually died last month. Many of you probably read his books. says this. Ambition concerns our goals in life and our incentives for pursuing them. A person's ambition is what makes them tick. It uncovers the mainspring of his or her actions. Their secret inner motivations in each of these our ambition motivates us to act so i i believe that we all have an ambition and it's important for us to name them to recognize what they are and to gauge them are they an ambition worthy of the calling of a follower of jesus christ We'll talk more about that through the series. But not just, but right now, it's just to get in tune with what are our ambitions? What does drive us? I would even go so far as to say that God has an ambition. That God has a dream. That God is motivated to act by God's ambition. Creation shows his ambition. Hey, Dave, Claire's right back there if you want to get her. Claire, raise your hand so Dave can sit with you. Thanks. God has an ambition that motivated him to act in the very beginning. I mean, God was fine. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the triune God, and an eternal enjoyment of one another. And yet, in that perfect union, out of love, acted to create. To create the world. To share that joy. God's ambition is shown in the very first page of the Bible. And it continues throughout. For God's gift we have used for good and for bad. And we know the story. But God's ambition to share of that goodness, to share of that love, has not changed. For God so loved the world. God's ambition was for the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him would have eternal life, life with God. I mean, God's ambition is shown throughout. Jesus shows ambition, strong ambition. At the end of His life, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing the cross is upon Him. Sweating drops of blood. You you don't do that without an ambition, a strong ambition. And he cries out, not my will, but thy will. 
an ambition to fulfill the Father's will in every aspect of life. So is ambition good or bad? Yes. But I will say, as I've continued to study this, and we'll look next week at ambition gone bad. We all probably have stories in our own lives or can see it around us. But that's next week. I'd have to say, the more I've studied that ambition leans toward the good. That it, it isn't an element within God. It is an element that we see in Christ. And it is an element that, that God has given to us to pursue, to seek, to strike out the way that God would have us live. You know, our passage today shows huge ambition, doesn't it? And one who, so this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like something that you give it all for. You find the treasure and it's in the field. Well, you go sell all that you can so that you can go buy the field. Because it contains the treasure. You, you give it all. You, you spend your whole life searching for the pearl of great price. And that's an ambition. That's a pursuit. That's a seeking. And when you find it in the kingdom, then you sell it all so that you can buy that pearl. The way of God's kingdom is a total ambition for God and for God's ambition. As we've been singing, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. All of our various ambitions are to be under our ambition for God, for seeking him. Now, as we walk through these next several weeks, you see a couple titles ahead of you. Recognize this. This is dangerous territory ambition. Human ambition. It is definitely dangerous. And because of that, I, I think sometimes we avoid it. And there are times that ambition has gone bad, which the, the, Paul calls a selfish ambition. I think, and we'll talk about that next week. Week after, we'll talk about personal ambitions. I mean, we all have a, an ambition to follow God, but He's created each one of us differently, different gifts, different abilities, different desires that we then follow under God, under Christ, in the power of His Spirit. What are those personal ambitions within us that, that we've traditionally called our callings, our passions? But I believe God has a personal ambition for each one of us. Then we'll talk some about why we suppress that ambition. Sometimes that ambition scares us. And there's different reasons that, that we really would prefer to not know what God's ambitions are for us. And then finally, the results. What are the glorious results of recognizing God's ambition for us and living into them? Now, I want to take uh, one moment 
here to talk about. Some of you know I was uh, out of town on Thursday and Friday with a couple of you here, Sam Barry Stare and Frank Baker. Um, and we were there, it was with almost 2,000 other Presbyterians. And uh, the presenting issue, the, the reason that the call to this gathering, which was an unofficial gathering, it was just a, a gathering of, of like-minded Presbyterians or folks that were seeking a, a, a way of addressing the denomination as a whole after some recent actions by the, the, the church as a whole of lessening the standards for ordination, particularly when it comes to human sexuality. Um, which you may not know, but this last week even, uh, a presbytery, the presbytery of Mexico, um, they um, cut off relationships with the PCUSA because of that decision. But what I was excited about in that gathering was that we used that presenting issue for even deeper issues. We, we, we addressed what is the ambition of the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus sets it straightforward is to make disciples. It's to make disciples of Jesus. And we as a church, as a church at large, have been doing a poor job of doing that. I mean, our evangelism, our sharing the good news of Jesus is absolutely horrific. As a denomination, we only planted 12 churches last year. And for the last 50 years, we've been in a decline. Something's wrong, and it's bigger than just sexuality. It is at the core of our faith. It is the core of our practices. And what came out of this gathering is that we need to do something new. And this may be God's opportunity to, te- to tell us. This may be the presenting issue, but the real issue is that as a church at large, we are broken. And we need to be about God's ambitions. And we need to do whatever is necessary to do that. So discussion was had around, well, what new will we do? What will that look like? And when will that begin? And we left a new gathering is set for the beginning of the constituting of something new. A new reformed body in January, January 12th through the 14th. That will address not just the presenting issue, but the deeper issues of congregational health, of leadership development, and sharing the good news in an infectious way, a joyous way, an enticing way. So is ambition good or bad? I think those ambitions are good. And what we need to be about. And in the same way for us as a church at large, for a church in specific, and for individual followers of Jesus, we are to develop that personal ambition for God. To harness that innate desire within us. And harness it and direct it towards our Creator. Again, this week, keep your eyes open, your soul open. Look for ambition within you and outside of you.
And, and I leave you with this final story out of the, the desert fathers of Christians centuries ago. Where a disciple once came to Abba Joseph saying, Father, according as I am able, I keep my little rule, my little fast, and my little prayer. And according as I am able, I strive to cleanse my mind of all evil thoughts and my heart of all evil intents. Now, what more should I do? Story continues. That Abba Joseph rose up, stretched out his hands to heaven, and his fingers became like lamps of fire. And he answered, Why not be changed to fire? Fire is a lot like ambition. In its appropriate place, it is absolutely wondrous. Brings us warmth, cooks our food, brings us life. Outside, it is destructive. May we get in touch with the fire within us, each one of us. The fire within us as a church. And let that fire be fanned into flame for God, God's righteousness, in God's kingdom. Amen.